Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3. Thanks to all of you that are tuning in, joining the conversation as we are currently in the process of finding out the very, very dramatic boom, 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 college football playoff rankings. The penultimate college football. They're not even the penultimate college football playoff rankings. That was that's next week. That was next week. That was Come on, Chip. No, listen, I, I will admit, I took that right from somebody who sold it to me as the penultimate college football playoff rankings. And you know what I didn't do? I didn't read the nutritional facts that said that <laughs> these college football playoff rankings are loaded with added sugars and uh, lots of saturated fats. But um, we, got, we got a lot to get to today. They are currently in the process of unveiling the top four right now. Um, as... as as everything has stood out so far, uh, anything jump off uh, the rankings to you? Ohio State's number two. Alabama's number three. Going exactly like I was expecting it to so far. Okay. And have they revealed number four yet? No, they have not. Oh, they're going to oh. really make us sweat this oh. Cincinnati-Michigan-Notre gonna, Dame? I guarantee you they're going to show us Notre Dame at six first, and then they'll show us number four. Because strength of schedule for Cincinnati, 93. Strength of schedule for Michigan, 39. There is an argument to have Michigan ahead of Cincinnati for the four spot. Mm-hmm. I think that pulling uh, Notre Dame all the way up might be a little bit more difficult, but I thought that the Cincinnati-Michigan debate continues to get a little bit interesting all the way through. It's it's We, we discussed it during the show last week. It's the easiest way to go about it because you put Michigan ahead of Cincinnati because then you don't have to justify removing Cincinnati from the top four if that's what you decide to do. So I think that's why I, that's why I think Michigan's going to be at four. And I think having Notre Dame at six kind of sets the wouldn't it be hilarious principle in play. So uh, what about number two and number three for the Ohio State? Oh, Cincinnati's at four. They oh, did it. Oh, they did it. Hit they the did it. Congratulations. This is a truth. This is the highest that Cincinnati has been ranked in the college football playoff rankings. It's true. That's true. Cincinnati number four. Um, so that means we get to spend all the rest of the the next couple weeks explaining to fans just to get them ready that just because you got to number four, and even if you win all of the games that are left on your schedule, does not mean that you might not get past. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, Cincinnati fans who might be coming around, especially looking for Fernelli, who came out here and said that Cincinnati or a group of five team will never make the college football playoff as it's currently set up. 
And I, I think that it's important for us to remind fans that just because you're number four on November 23rd does not mean that you're going to be number four at the end of all this. No, but I mean, I think that's a really good sign. Like, I think, honest to God, when I saw Cincinnati pop up at number four on my screen just now, that's the first time I really thought that they would put a group of five team, that there's a possibility. Because if Cincinnati wins out, it's going to be really difficult to justify unless oh, unless Oklahoma State or Oklahoma both went out. I know. And, and that's when it happens. Oklahoma State currently at number seven. Uh, Oklahoma currently at number 10. The biggest jump that we have seen on the final, like going into conference championship Saturday, Ohio State was at number six. Mm-hmm. Thrashed Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. And even though Baylor and TCU both won, Ohio State finished ahead of both of them, ends up making the college football playoff. Uh, To review, we've got it on the ticker if you are watching on youtube.com slash cover three. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Alabama. Number four, Cincinnati. Michigan at five. Notre Dame at six. Oklahoma State at seven. Baylor at eight. Ole Miss at nine. Oklahoma at ten. Uh, just sort of within that, ju- the notable movements here, as we just mentioned, Cincinnati into the top four, Ohio State and Alabama switch places, Michigan and Notre Dame move up as a result of Oregon's drop. Oregon, by the way, fell to number 11. Uh, Michigan State also lo- dropped to number 12. BYU, Wisconsin, Texas A&M round out the top 15. Iowa, Pitt, Wake Forest, Utah, and NC State is your 16 through 20. I, I continue to look at this and uh, 21 through 25 San Diego state, UTSA, Clemson, Houston, and Arkansas. We will get to Clemson uh, in a little bit. Congratulations. The selection committee ranked Clemson, but uh, first with the two, three swap, is that all like a instant reaction, recent form, how these two teams that are both ranked in the top four performed based on expectations just last week? Or do you think that, the data points that were added and the numbers that were updated uh, allowed for this kind of momentum. Yeah, I don't think it was just last week. I think last week was just what they were waiting for to do it. I think that if you look at Ohio State, I mean, not only did they just play really well, but they did so against a top 10 team. So they blew out a top 10 team, which adds another really strong win to your resume, whereas Alabama beat a ranked team in Arkansas, but it struggled to get by them. So now when you start comparing Alabama and Ohio State's resumes, Ohio State's, after you add the Michigan State win to it, is a lot heftier than it had been going into the weekend. So I think that's why I picked them to, that's why I projected that they would have Ohio State ahead of Alabama was just because I think now that when you look at the overall resume, you look at the strength of record and all that stuff that they use, adding that Michigan State win just kind of tilts them slightly past Alabama. I don't think the gap is all that significant. So that wasn't a surprise, no. Do you think that Alabama is in a position of needing any kind of style points against Auburn or are all of the style points on the line against Georgia? And I say all that acknowledging that we've entertained the style points against Georgia, meaning losing to Georgia, but playing well enough to be able to justify remaining in the top four. No, I think for Alabama, it's it's really simple. You beat Auburn and you beat Georgia and you'll be in the playoff. You lose either of those games and you won't be. I don't think a two, I I, I know that Danny's thinks it'll happen. I know Bud's talked about it happening. I know that if you look at some of the odds, 
like on sports books, they think there's a real shot at it. But I think that's based more on people thinking there's a chance. I don't yeah. think I don't think that as long as there are an un, if if Cincinnati's undefeated and there are three other one loss teams, I don't think a two loss team is going to get in. I, I am so glad that Bud and Danny aren't here so that you and I can be aligned without any kind of pushback on this because using the odds as your major source for prediction is like ignoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ignoring the baked and built-in advantages that are given to Alabama football, mm -hmm. Kentucky basketball. It, it's like built it's the in. Same reason, like Michigan's ten to one to win the national title every year in football, even though Michigan is not going to win the national title. No, and and because people are probably still sitting there and betting Alabama. I mean, there was honestly. I do think there was a time where tracking the Heisman odds was a great way to predict the Heisman Trophy winner. But to me, you know when that time was? Like 2013. That was mm -hmm. before we started legalizing sports betting all across the country. Because what happens when we started legalizing sports betting all across the country? The basics, the normies, the like Joe Public, as our friends at Sportsline might call him, like that is going to end up driving this. So yeah, I... I would like to see a one-loss conference champion, an undefeated Cincinnati, before I see a two-loss Alabama in the college football playoff as a college football fan who would just like to have a more interesting playoff. And I think yeah. it would be more interesting. And also, like, let's be blunt. Like, if Alabama loses to another game, so there's two losses, even if it's to Georgia and even if it's a close loss. This is an Alabama team that messed around with Florida, a Florida team that went into free fall afterwards and just fired its coach. It's a Florida team or it's an Alabama team that didn't really, you know, it had trouble with Arkansas this week. It had trouble with LSU a few weeks ago. This is not, and the loss to Texas A&M, but this is, this is a good Alabama team, but we've been spending all season talking about how there are no real elite teams this year that have shown themselves besides Georgia. And then in the last couple of weeks, Ohio State's started to show that side of itself, whether it can maintain that for the rest of the season remains to be seen. But this is not a dominant Alabama team. So for this version of Alabama to be the first two lost team to reach the playoff, I think would just be nothing but name brand recognition. Just try like if they put that in everything that you think about the playoff or any negative thing that you have or any kind of, you know, fun that we have with CFP and non, if they put a two loss Alabama in, that just proves it all was right all along. Clip it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though. Like is this Alabama defense is not great. Like I know Will Anderson's having a great season, but the overall defense has struggled with good teams. This offensive line, it's not great. Like Bryce Young is having a great season because they have to throw the ball all over the place because, I mean, they can. They've got Jamison Williams, but it's just they need to score the points this year. Previous years, it's always been Alabama puts up 40 points and wins by 30. This year, there's been too much Alabama's putting up 30 because it has to. Uh, Arkansas, to me, is Alabama's... Oh, I forgot is because Mississippi State is not ranked in these rankings, no, right? Okay, so one. Arkansas is the second best win that Alabama has. Michigan State is the best win that Ohio State has. And look at the way those two victories happen. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just you stack them up side by side. Uh, I'm kind of with you there. Those are th those are enough evidence for me to agree with the idea of flipping them. Uh, the strength of schedule ratings, Alabama strength of schedule. 
still in terms of the numbers is it tougher than Ohio State. Ohio State should see that number improve, though, of course, as it still has Michigan left to play in the finale. The Wolverines at five, Notre Dame at six, Oklahoma State at seven. I guess you reach down and grab Baylor, and that's kind of where you draw the line, right? Those eight teams. Draw the line of what? Like, I can imagine seeing you on Sunday, December 5th, introduced as a top four team. Uh, I would say those teams are Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Cincinnati, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and then Oklahoma. Yeah. Not Baylor or Ole Miss. Right. I said, go the top seven, go grab Oklahoma, and those eight teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those eight teams will end up playing themselves out, and we won't get Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, so that's how that narrows. We won't get Ohio State and Michigan, so that narrows. So now we're all the way down to six. So I see this as really being six potential pathways to the college football playoff for four spots. I kind of like it when it's really clean like this. Yeah, and like you said, this is a lot of it's going to take care of itself here over the next two weeks because either Ohio State or Michigan are going to be eliminated on Saturday. Alabama is either going to be eliminated against Auburn or maybe in the SEC championship game, or it's going to win and it's going to settle that on its own. So yeah, it's Notre Dame. I feel like we could write in ink that Notre Dame's going to beat Stanford. I just have a good feeling about that one. And then it's really going to come down to that Oklahoma. It's going to Bedlam. Oh, I'm so happy that Bedlam is this important. Um, well, I mean, it could be very, very, very important, or it could also like sort of change if Oklahoma, beats Oklahoma State, then we've also set up a situation where the Big 12 goes into the Big 12 championship game where Oklahoma State getting a revenge win knocks the Big 12 out entirely. Oh, so that would be bad. I don't. So what do you do then? Like, if you're Oklahoma State, do you put yourself ahead of the conference and take one for the team? Well, you're against Oklahoma because Oklahoma ain't part of your conference no more. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, Big wow. 12, yeah, Big 12 officials. Hey, listen, I've, I've been keeping the CFP and non-aluminum foil hat in the closet might be time to break it on out to tell you about these big 12 officials and what they got planned for bedlam in the big 12 championship game. Um, I see in the chat, the suggestion that Ole Miss at number nine might still be in it. I disagree. Yeah. Get out of the chat lane. Uh, (laughs) Game plan for Mississippi state. You got an egg bowl in two nights. Ole Miss on paper. It looks like a great on paper. You know what it looks like? It looks like a New Year's Six team. And at this point in the season, we get a lot of New Year's Six-looking teams. You know, their strength of schedule is in the top 20. Their uh, their game control rating is awesome. They've got wins against Texas A&M and Arkansas. They uh, only losses are to Alabama and Auburn. But at the same time, man, I just, I don't think that you've got the, I don't think you've got the full resume that's going to justify when you are out of the SEC championship race, jumping you ahead of, the other two SEC SEC teams that are in the mix for the college football playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if Ole Miss wanted to be in the playoff consideration, it shouldn't have lost to Auburn. Facts. If you win that uh, game, guess what? You're probably, hell, Ole Miss is probably at four had they won that game and their only loss was to Alabama. So uh, as we look a little bit further down, uh, do you have any issues or, or thoughts about where Oregon and Michigan State landed at 11 and 12? I, I don't want to say issues, but I do have a question in the fact that if Oregon losing on the road to Utah as an underdog, as an underdog is enough to drop them eight spots to 11, then why the hell was it number three to begin with? 
Like if a loss to Utah is worth that significant of a drop, then you had it ranked too high. And the numbers that you use suggest it shouldn't have been ranked that high. So why were you ranking it that high? Was it just the win over Ohio State? Like you were because didn't Gary Barta say last week results don't matter? Like, I mean, it's so I the questions about Oregon just become louder in my mind, considering that they'd kept in there and like every advanced metric and then like all the rankings that they used to use for the BCS, every single one of them had did not have Oregon ranked that high. They were all lower. And it was, you know, like Oklahoma State was ranked ahead of them. Cincinnati was ranked ahead of them. But for some reason, the committee kept putting Oregon that high. Nobody could figure it out. They lose a second game. Bam, get the hell out of the top 10. You can't even stick around there. Michigan State, I get falling as far as it did because it didn't just lose. It lost to a really good team, but it also just got completely destroyed. Like it didn't even, it did not look like it belonged on the same field. Uh, another question that I have is going back to Ole Miss. And again, like you said, this is a team that looks like a New Year's 16 for sure. It's a very good team, but it's got one more loss than Oklahoma. So why does it get to move up three spots for a 14-point win over Vandy? Whereas Oklahoma only moves up the same number of spots for beating a good Iowa State team. So like that's one of those things where it's like, all right, again, it doesn't really matter because – they change it every week and it's all going to come down to what Oklahoma does against the Cowboys. But it's just, it's, it's strange to me that Ole Miss is getting rewarded that much for a win over Vandy. So if we're just using the hard numbers, I think there's an argument to have Oregon closer, like ahead of Baylor. If, if you're just using your like uh, strength of schedule numbers, if you're just using the the game control, if you're just looking at, at some of those, but I, I think that, Oregon being up at number three was not on the basis of those. I think it was like you were saying two things. Number one, Ohio State. And I do think that one importable, one important resource for us trying to figure out the thinking behind all this like, is to listen to some of the analysis from our uh, our nice CFP insider, Heather Dinich. Um, she came out early talking about Kayvon Thibodeau missing time. She came out early talking about the Joe Moorhead mm-hmm. thing. And it's really funny. It's like when you're up in the top five or six, it seems like the committee is very interested in your mitigating circumstances. But once you're out of the top 10, you're like, ah, forget it. Like once you're out of the mix for the college football playoff, I don't hear anyone trying to actually apply mitigating circumstances to boost or, you know, help prop up your ranking. So it's like, congratulations, Oregon. You had all these mitigating circumstances that could have been easy talking points. They were written on the index card. All you had to do was win the Pac-12 and do it with just one loss. But when you lost to Utah, you lost all of your, uh, all of your get out of jail free, free cards were gone. Yeah, that loss didn't count until you lost a second game. And now that loss counts like, oh, my God, you lost to Stanford. Get the hell out of here. Mm, uh, disappointing. Uh, as you look a little bit further down, let's see, BYU, Wisconsin, Texas a and I've got no qualms there. Uh, Utah, a little bit lower than I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, <laughs> Utah I 19, by the way. I would have put Utah... I would have given Utah a fair shake. Well... Oregon being lower also probably means that Utah is going to be lower, but I would have given uh, Utah a sniff at being maybe ahead of Pitt or maybe ahead of Iowa or sort of in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. I I think that if you think of the Utah of the last month or five weeks, like we talked about on Monday, that's like a top 10 team the way that it has been playing lately. But early in the season, it went before it made the switch to Cam Rising, 
just wasn't playing well. So I guess they're still kind of putting consideration into what happened in late August and it's September. But yeah, I think that once you get to that spot there, you can make an argument for just about any one of those teams to be ranked higher than the others. And like Wake Forest too, like dropping all the way to 18 for losing to Clemson. I mean, the committee clearly had very little respect for Wake all along based on where they were ranking them. But I was still somewhat surprised to see them drop that far. Yeah, Wake and BYU aren't that different. Yeah. It's like the committee has more respect, I feel like, for BYU for beating Pac-12 teams, even though it doesn't really respect the Pac-12 that much, than it does for Wake for beating the non-elite ACC teams, even though I think they have more. I, I don't know. It's Who knows what they're thinking, honestly? Yeah, Wake Forest strength of schedule, 57. BYU strength of schedule, 72. They both have two losses. I think Wake's NC State win... You know, BYU's got the Utah win. Mm, I I think those two teams are closer than five spots apart. You BYU's probably a little too high, and Wake Forest might be a shade too low. BYU plays Utah right now. Who wins? Utah. Yeah, that's what I think, too. <laughs> because the quarterback change for Utah happened in the middle of the second loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was BYU, yeah, BYU and San Diego State, two non-conference losses in the first three games of the season. And in that second loss was when they switched from uh, Mr. 15 for 15 in the spring game himself, Charlie <laughs> Brewer, to, uh, to Cam Rising. And Cam Rising, as, as you just mentioned, uh, has been fantastic. The Clemson Tigers, after beating Wake Forest, are finally in. And uh, I I got to understand. Indication for you. I guess. <laughs> Was it worth it? Like classic, <laughs> classic like uh, mythology tale. Like I finally get the vindication. And you're like, but what did it cost? <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Um, Clemson at eight and three, you know, your wins, Wake Forest, but then it you jump off a, a cliff to Louisville, Florida State, Boston College, Georgia Tech, UConn, South Carolina State. But Clemson's a good quality loss team. The number one team in the country. Uh, Pittsburgh, which is also in the the number 17 team in the country. And NC State, which is the number 20 team in the country. Uh, what a time to be alive where Clemson is sneaking into the college football playoff rankings on the back of uh, some quality losses. Yeah, but see, how many Pac-12s? There's one, two, three... Four ACC teams ranked and what two Pac 12 teams? Who's the fourth? I thought it was just three. No, it's oh, no, yeah, it's, yeah, all and, three of the Atlantic teams plus mm-hmm. uh Pitt. Yes, so again, so clearly the committee has more respect for a- the ACC than it does the Pac 12. So why is it ranking? I, I, I would love to be in the room, just watch what they're doing, just, just so I could be a jackass in the background making sarcastic comments and daring to ask questions. So I've got a theory. I'd love to hear it. They changed over more positions this year than I remember. I think there were six or seven new members on the uh, 13-person committee. We've always had three or four, Mm -hmm. but that's why we're getting a a few more leaks also. like, Have you noticed there's been a little bit more reporting on the conversations that are going on behind the scenes? And I think that at the beginning of the process, 2014, 2015, 2016, they were very, very like self-serious and they, they were very like, buttoned up and very locked down in terms of the information. And I think that as we go further down the road, you know, especially if they're going to continue to do multiple rollouts of college football playoff rankings over and over again, then 
we're going to end up having some uh, some more insight into some of these debates. Some of those uh, some of that insight will make you angry because the the people in that room are going to have opinions that don't match with you. But there's also going to be some times where you start to realize the sides that have been chosen, right? Like mm-hmm. the different factions within that room. And as there is an old guard versus a new guard, and here in this 2021 college football playoff selection committee, there is an old guard and a new guard. So I think that that conflict definitely uh, contributes to probably some of the um, interesting debates that are happening behind the scenes. So are you saying that Cincinnati's in there now because they're getting the boomers out and bringing in the millennials? Yes. Like I, I will a hundred, I think that, and you know, with expansion on the horizon, it changes a lot of these conversations, but if, if they continue to swap out committee members very, very frequently, I think the chances for two loss teams in a four loss playoff group of five team in a four loss playoff, all that's going to continue to pick up. Danny Cannell in the house. Danny Cincinnati's in. Uh, they're in. They're in. Lock. Yeah, they're yeah, number yeah. Four. Done. Yeah, drop the banner. Shoot off the confetti. Uh, y'all are going to the college football playoff. It was announced. You're a top four team on November 23rd. That's how it works. I uh, I missed it all. I missed all the fun. Mm-hmm. Just getting here. This is the first time I'm hearing about Cincinnati in the top four as we sit here today. I feel bad for these players right now on Cincinnati. Like I feel like this is setting them up for a massive disappointment. Like I feel cheated type of vibe. But with Oregon Pac-12 out, like Tom, I'm, I, Tom has been the the long time. They're never getting in. Are you starting to cave a little bit? Mm-hmm. You are. I, thought we, I mentioned yeah when we when it first happened. I, it was the first time when Cincinnati popped up on the TV screen at number four. It was the first time I ever thought, "Holy crap, they might do it." But as Chip was really quick to point out, they could still take them out any damn time they want. <laughs> they absolutely. That's what I worry about. But I really think it has to be. I think Oklahoma State has to win out, like to make it tougher on Cincinnati, and then Bama has to beat Georgia. So there's mm-hmm. your three team. There's three, and then Ohio State, right? Yeah. So yeah. then, so then Oklahoma State would leapfrog Cincinnati. There's your, yeah, there's Cincinnati, your slighted scenario. Cincinnati wants a two-loss Big Twelve champ, and they don't care how it, how they gets it. You know, like yeah. loser in Bedlam. Uh, so I guess if the loser in Bedlam is Oklahoma State, then they get the rematch, and then you hope Oklahoma State wins the rematch. If Baylor ends up making it to the Big 12 championship game, then you hope Baylor wins the Big 12 championship game. Like a one-loss Big 12 champion is the biggest threat right now to Cincinnati, It, in addition to Alabama beating Georgia. But for my money, this Alabama team that just dropped to number three and got replaced by Ohio State, given the way both teams played this past weekend and what the data points did for their overall resume, I think that the Big 12 is the biggest threat to Cincinnati. Totally. Which is ironic. But here's another thing we got to consider. Yeah, because they're going to the Big 12. So uh, technically the Big 12 can't lose. But uh, (laughs) this is is the really important stuff here. All four of the teams in the playoff right now wear red. Interesting. Like it. Does it mean anything? I don't know. (laughs) Higher higher insurance rates on their cars. I don't know. Tom Fernelli told me that the reason why North Carolina will never be good at football is because the blue just looks so inviting and calm. Mm-hmm. Nobody's scared. There is something color. about it. <laughs> yeah, see, 
Danny, Danny, that's... you've played in that stadium. When you walk into that stadium and you see a bunch of people wearing powder blue, what are you scared of anybody in there? No, and I'll put it a step <laughs> further. I remember playing against playing against uh, the Tar Heels in Tallahassee my freshman year, and I got rocked. Worst I've ever been hit. A guy named Jonathan Perry hit me. Um, I remember facing them and being like, these dudes are huge. Like the, the Mac Brown had some studs yeah, on that yeah. roster. And our guys just worked them over. Like, we just were not afraid of them. There was no intimidation factor, and it was because of the, the Tar Heel Blue, that baby blue. See? It's yeah. all mental, Chip. And then you Told throw you. in the Argyle. It's like, what, are you guys going to prep me exactly. up? Exactly. <laughs> Listen. This <laughs> I really I really want North Carolina to come out with, like, an alternate Argyle uniform where it's got the Argyle across the chest. <laughs> Well, the, the that's how you knew that Larry Fedora wasn't like uh like, and I'm not saying this as I as though I have the emotions for it, but you know, like the term "one of us," mm-hmm. like Carolina blue Carol, Carolina fans knew that uh, Larry Fedora wasn't one of us when all he was trying to do was wear black uniforms. Like that's all he <laughs> wanted to do. He said, "No, no, no, we want as as many alternates as possible." Uh, that's and then Mac comes in and he's like. Let's get Alexander Julian on down here, and let's uh, let's design some let's, let's design some crisscross, cross stitch on it. <laughs> oh, here's here's Gary Barta on Cincinnati. We've had a lot of respect for Cincinnati all year. Certainly, we've talked about their strength of schedule. This went against SMU when we were looking at the way they played offensively and defensively. They came in at number four, so that's what it took beating SMU, <laughs> not Notre Dame. <laughs> So Clemson got, I'm looking at the back end. Clemson got in, NC mm-hmm. State's in, Pitt's in. Look at the ACC filling up the back end. Highest. So now we do have an alternate, though. The highest three-loss team is actually Wisconsin. That's good news. Four-loss Arkansas somehow is still clinging by a thread because they got to prop up that Bama spot. I just think it's interesting, the back end. UTSA, getting a little bit of love. Houston, see, Houston think- to me, Houston's the team that, should be higher in this position. They won 10 games in a row. You know what it is, though? Their strength of schedule is 129th. Is it? Yeah. That's why they're they're not getting any higher than that. But uh, do you still think Alabama gets in with two losses based on what you've seen? Yeah. Well, I think we are such prisoners of the moment. It's like we see this little thing and we see this little toy and we play with it for like five minutes and then we forget. Like if the playoff was selected tonight – I'd be worried about it because we just saw Bama struggle. But if they boat race Auburn, I don't even again, it could be, hey, if they beat Auburn, which they should, and then it comes down to how do they look against Georgia? If they play Georgia tight, and I I don't know if it would be a 10 to 3 type game like we saw with Clemson against Georgia, but I do think if it's like 24, 21, somewhere around there where they put up some points, but it's a little like it's an entertaining game. I think I could absolutely hear the committee saying, well, we've, you know, Georgia looks great. They've dominated everybody on their schedule and they're head and shoulders above the rest. And Bama went toe to toe with them for, you know, 58 minutes. Like you, I just hear it right now. And them saying, plus we think on a neutral field, if they played Cincinnati, that they would, you know, they can, they wouldn't reference the Vegas line, but they would be like every person in that committee room would have said Bama's the better team. And we want the four best teams, not, you know, like I could absolutely hear it. So I don't, I think it's definitely, and Bud was on this earlier. I think it's more of a long shot, but I think you can quickly forget that Arkansas game just the same way before they quickly forgot the Florida game. You know, like that game seems like it was forever ago and it doesn't bother them as much. And that was a team that's below or six, five and six, you know, 
and they were almost lost to them. So they'll forget. You can if, erase that memory pretty quickly. If a two-loss Bama gets in, just blow it all up. It's pointless. Or do you think there's – like I, I do because I think we all, except for Tom wants two, we all want expansion because it'd be way more entertaining. Do you think there's an aspect of Bill Hancock's like, all right, you guys want Cincinnati? Here you go. And like feed them to the wolves and hope that Georgia beats them by 40 so that they can say, see, we don't need expansion. No, they already did that. They did it with Michigan, Michigan State, State Washington, and Washington yeah. and like <laughs> all these other sacrificial lambs that have gone in and just gotten crushed. And that's the thing to me. Like, that's what it's always been for me. It's like at some point, you just have they earned it. You have to whether they have a chance to win it or not, they earned the chance. And that's what I feel like. I feel like UCF's done it. And I feel like Cincinnati's doing this year. They've earned if they win, if they go undefeated, whether they're 40 point underdogs against Georgia or whatever the hell you're at, they earned the chance to get their ass kicked. If one of these big 12 teams, so uh, Oklahoma State's at number seven, right? Yes. Okay. If uh, this is from uh, Mick sources himself, Brett McMurphy, Action Network, no team outside of the top seven this late in the season has ever made the college football playoff. Only four teams ranking outside of the top five at this point in the season went on to reach the playoff. That would be in 2019. Uh, Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts year, ends up getting from seven to number four and kind of was a sacrificial lamb to LSU. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Oklahoma again in 2018. That was the Kyler Murray team. Not a sacrificial lamb. I know that Alabama won by like 14 points or whatever, but that was an entertaining game. Uh, Georgia went from number seven in 2017 uh, to get back up into the college football playoff. And as mentioned before, Ohio State, which jumped from number six to number four. So if uh, Oklahoma State does it, they add to this very big 12 forward trend. If Oklahoma does it, they make history if Oklahoma does it, the double against Oklahoma State in back-to-back weeks, given everything we've seen from Oklahoma State and given everything we've seen from Oklahoma, I kind of feel like you just got to let them go try, right? Yeah, although I think it would be to either team's benefit to like not just win the games. Like if, if Oklahoma gets by Oklahoma State twice, like 27 to 24, like, you know, scores like that. Which I are Oklahoma State scores. Yeah, I don't know if that'll be enough. I think that one of those wins has to be impressive. Because we saw, like, Ohio State blows out Michigan State. They finally are moved up. Cincinnati doesn't mess around with the opponent, finally puts them in their place. They finally move them up. I think that's going to be part of it, too. I do think, too, for Cincinnati, and I, everybody's different at this point, but the Notre Dame win, like, Notre Dame is sitting there right in the top 10, too. That might be one of the better wins that anybody has in the top 10, period. Like, it's up there. The other thing, too, is... Cincinnati has the advantage. I think mentally, if they get in, this will be way down the road if we see this matchup, Georgia-Cincinnati. They did play them pretty well last year in the Peach mm -hmm. Bowl. And for everybody that wants to point out, Dusty Dvorak, reminds, my guy on the radio, reminds me all the time of this. Georgia had a lot of dudes that opted out. Cincinnati did too. I think he said they had four starters on the defense side of the ball that were yep. out for the game. Like So they weren't playing at full strength either. Um it's just like, and yeah, that George will be favored. And as far as the blowouts, like, oh, who wants a blowout? As you guys have mentioned, there have been other Power Five teams that have been blowouts too. So why not give them the opportunity to, to at least go out there and give them a chance? If Notre Dame somehow loses to Stanford, does Cincinnati get knocked out of the top four even if it wins? No. Because their win would be yeah. less valuable. Less. Yeah. I mean, it would be impacted. Like, if they are real, I think that. 
they can't hold that against them. Then are we going to go back and hold every other, like we thought all these other wins? I hear you, Tom, but like they can't do that. I'd hope not, but no. It would change they do whatever numbers. they want. The reason, the reason why I, I would say that it would be impactful is that it on a very on their all of their numbers would change mm-hmm. based on that. But I don't think it would change enough with it being the final data point in the full season of information. Any other thoughts uh, before we get out of here? No. <laughs> If this- I think it's amazing that Tom's come around. Like he's actually seeing. Like we got like seeing actually- is believing, baby. Yeah. <laughs> might might actually come to fruition. If this top four is the final top four, who wins the national championship? Ohio State. I'm on Ohio State too. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I just think it's an offensive game. Like the LSU 2019, last year Alabama, the offenses win championships. And I don't know if Georgia has a championship offense. Now, maybe their defense is that great. But what if you put up 20, 21, 24 points against them? Are they going to be able to match it? Maybe. It's the great unknown. Whereas Ryan Day said to Dennis Dodd last week, defense wins games, throwing the ball wins national titles. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys hit on Franklin? Oh, no. Uh, no. We, what is the number? Are the numbers out yet? Yeah. What is he getting? Is it 10 years like 90? Yeah. 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 It's insanity. These these schools start, they they're so dumb. Like it really, they get played so bad, these schools do. I mean, if if you're that worried about James Franklin leaving, at some point you've got to say, Good luck. We'll see you later. Like he's a good coach. I don't think anybody's worth that much money. And so, yet they're worried about coming back to their fan base and saying, We got outbid by USC. Are we sure UFC even wants James Franklin anymore? The a deep like the good thing about Penn State is that because it's a public university, they do uh, release the actual terms. And uh, Coco made a great point before we started recording here. When you really get into it, it's just a one-year renewable deal. Like you know those coaches who have a five-year deal, but every year that they hit some certain benchmark, it adds another year to the end of the deal. The buyout's kind of low. Like it, gotcha. there's yeah, it's, it's so it's friendly. It's yeah. It's, it's a funny money. It's a little bit of a funny money to get a really, really good uh, headline on it. I want to say that it ends up being seven. It's not ninety. It's like ten years. I'm looking. Coca has a ten years, eight eight and a half per year, seven million dollars salary, five hundred thousand retention bonus, an insurance alone for an insurance policy in there. Right. Like, okay. Uh, his buyout if he leaves twelve million this year, eight next, six and twenty three. And Coca put out a pretty good note. His buyout is less than his salary starting in twenty twenty three. I love the idea that they're giving him eighty five million, but they have to loan him money to buy insurance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, hey, there might be some family situation there where that's you know true. insurance is a is a big Expensive. cost. Yep. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to speculate uh, one way or the other on that. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, ten a.m., we will be having our week thirteen lock. So make sure that you go ahead and schedule that so that you can come and join in on the fun. But hey, why don't you just not have to worry about scheduling it? Subscribe at youtube.com slash cover three. Smash the bell for all the notifications when we do go live. Um, I think, yay, I see it here on the screen. We're going to be doing a Sportsline subscription giveaway. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're in the house for that. RIP Cecil Hurt. Very, very sad news out of uh, really Alabama. 
uh, as the the Alabama beat uh, lost uh, lost one of the goats of the uh, the Crimson Tide football beat for sure. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Canelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. See you.